Everybody. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Talking Upstream. And in this one, Dylan is going to introduce what this show oh. is. So I don't stumble over myself like I did last time. Uh, I watched fine. that back and it was stupid. <laughs> and, uh, that's fine. So, yes, uh, you are watching Talking Upstream, where myself, Dylan, and Zach over there, never going to get that mirror right. Uh, we are two content creators, the Some Nobodies out of uh, Boulder, Colorado. And Talking Upstream is an attempt for us to broadcast what it's like to be in a, a meeting that we have. So Zach and I like to write a lot. And we tend to have, when we can get together, uh, meetings where we discuss like ideas we have, the process of turning that idea into, an, into a project that we can ideally make, produce, and put out. Um, so this is our attempt to turn that process into a 90 minute kind of segment. Um, of course, we'll get back more into the actual creation idea later on, uh, because we like to highlight a guest for the first third of the show or so. So, uh, if you could join me in welcoming Jeff, the shark Perini from the yo show, we'll get him in here. Right on. No banter. Just right to it. Good job. Hey guys, how you doing? Hey, Jeff Perini. How are you, sir? Doing great, man. Nothing I love more than getting on, uh, these kind of shows and talking with people and talking up the uh, podcast webcast platform. So I'm thrilled to be here. I really appreciate it. Yeah, right on. Uh, we met you in the Indie Pods uh, Summit uh, where you and I were eating uh, hot pepper adjacent things. <laughs> um, so that, that was cool. Uh, did, did you do anything else on the, on, on the, the, the summit that time? We did a, um, we kind of came near the end on the last day, uh, myself and my partner my co-host my sister from another mr jewel tady when you're out there and you're watching this jewel i love you uh yeah we did a little bit about our show we did like a half hour little piece um and it was just great what a tremendous project we were thrilled to be part of it yeah so your show is called the yo show yes uh why don't you tell people who for some reason don't know what your show is tell them what your show's about is it possible that nobody knows? No. <laughs> uh, we are The Yo Show. Uh, you can find us at www.theyoshow.com. I'm uh, sorry, www.theyoshow215.com. Uh, the 215, of course, comes. Uh, we're Philly-based, uh, so we like our Philly acts. We bring on local musicians and play their music. We bring on uh, Hollywood celebrities. And we basically do like a 30-minute interview. It's like a two-hour show. It's a variety talk. We do top five lists of some of our favorite things. We do like man cave scores where I show off like my crazy collections, like my Funko Pops, my giant stormtrooper back there. I also can't get the mirror thing down. I know how you guys feel about pointing the opposite way. It's hard. <laughs> Very hard. Um, it's go. myself and, uh, as I said before, Jewel Tady. We uh, basically just do entertainment. We don't get into anything hard-hitting. We have fun. We drink a couple of beers. We shoot the breeze. Uh, our guests are always great and friendly. And uh, I got to tell you, I absolutely love it. And this way, with StreamYard, makes it even better. 
Because when your audience can see who's out there, they really tend to attach to you tighter. So it's been terrific. Yeah, especially if you got a good looking mug like yours. I got to deal with somebody looks like Dylan over there. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Jules is all about. I, I always tell people, you know, the, the audience comes from my mouth and Jules' face, and she yeah. gets worked up. But I think it's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, then by that, we should not have a TV show because they come from yeah. both our mouths. And I think that's it. <laughs> uh, so the Yo Show, what was the what was the conception of that? Like, what 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 brought that on? What made that start? Well, I started uh, got probably about five or six years back with a friend of mine, and it was the Stoop was the name of the show, S T O O P, and uh, we became the Stoop Radio Network. After a couple of years, he bailed. He says, "I'm I'm done. I just can't do it anymore." But he was more New York based. I'm like, I want a Philly based show. Here I found Jewel, and Jewel's like, What's more Philly than Yo? Like, Yo's a big Philly term. So she's like, Let's do the Yo show. And I'm like, I like it. And then uh, I met her. I said, like, Here's how we do it. I said, What do you want to bring to it? She said, Philly acts, local musicians, indie musicians. Let's get them in on the act. And I'm like, This is, this is perfect. And then I told her the salary is zero. And she said, I don't care. I don't need money. I'm in. And here we are. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting because I used to do stand comedy in Philadelphia. So I'm very familiar with oh, that yes. area. Uh, and I'm surprised you didn't call your show uh, something with the word John in it because I feel like the most, <laughs> that's the most Philly word ever. So I just moved to Colorado a couple years ago and I say the word John occasionally and people are like, what, what's that? What are you saying? And I'm like, oh, oh we, yeah, I, I guess it's an East Coast thing. <laughs> it is a crazy entity to teach people what John is all about. Friends of mine live in Virginia Beach and we actually had a weekend. <laughs> full of them and they're like is this john i'm yeah. like yeah. is this thing a john yeah everything yeah. you touch is a john <laughs> oh that's funny yeah like john and wawa are the two things that i gotta constantly like describe to people they're like it's a gas station i'm like no well, it's a lot more than that it's like your heart but whatever um but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the big deal around here yeah uh, and you do miss them. Um, but back to the Yo Show. Um, so Talking Upstream, which is our show, what we're trying to do is talk ourselves up to a streaming service. We're trying to create something that somebody sees and they go, hey, we got to give you those two guys a job creating movies. If you were to have a uh, like a, an end goal for what the Yo Show can do, what would be like the pinnacle of, uh, of what you're trying to accomplish? Um, probably get divorced and have a different chick every week. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> We would like to, <laughs> we would like to be a program that, um, and I know you guys will realize this too. Like Jules, big into YouTube, and for some reason, it takes like an extra click or two for your audience to get to YouTube. We just want to be so consistent, and yeah, make a few bucks. We want to be so consistent that people just know, click, click, YouTube. This is your weekly show that you watch, no matter what. The way you watch anything on TV, you'll just come to us every week and let us entertain you for a couple hours and just have a good time with us, like. StreamYard does. You got a comment section. Comment. We'll share your comments. We'll talk you up. We'll play yeah. with it. You know what I mean? That's the goal is to just have us be a consistent weekly program that people just know to come to. That's true. And speaking of which, if you're watching this on YouTube or Twitch or wherever you're watching this, go ahead and give us a like or subscribe yeah. or anything. We got a whole bunch of stuff going on. Um, but for your free content. <laughs> yeah, we're, <laughs> we're doing all the hustle here. You just do the easy thing, which is clicking. It's um, a bell, man. Just hit the bell. Really. That's it. Just hit that bell. Just hit that bell. I promise you, you'll not be upset. Um, so our show is based a lot around creation. Uh, it, it is a conversation, but it is based uh, solely around creation. When it comes to your show, how much creation or thought process do you go into some of your shows? I know you said like the man cave or the beer thing. Um, is there a creation concept or a meeting time that you guys go through? 
Very little. I mean, me and Joel do text during the week, and it's more or less just, hey, what's up? How's work? This, that, and the other thing. And then probably a day or two before, I'll write what I call a treatment, like they say in show business. And basically, the treatment is just like a a, um, a timeline. Like, we're going to do this top five list. Uh, we're going to talk about these topics. We're going to ask the guests these questions. And there's really no argument. One of us kind of takes turns. We look at it and says, sounds great. And away we go. We like to consider it raw, live. Like, we don't edit. We go live. Everything we say is, is there. But like you guys said, we don't say a lot of bad stuff. We usually kiss a lot of butt because we have great guests and we have great audience. So it's we've never had a moment where we're like, oh, God, I got to go back and get that off. just yeah. doesn't happen. So we like it that way. We kind of like it. You know, what you see is what you get. That's cool. And uh, we're looking at your catalog. <clears throat> catalog. You guys have a lot of episodes. You guys do a lot of yeah. stuff, which is cool. Um, out of all of your episodes, out of all of your things, what would you say is the one that stands out as, oof, I wish we wouldn't have done that? <laughs> we um, we were fortunate enough to get a Instagram influencer model, Brianna Dale. And she, she's gorgeous. I mean, she's just sexy and everything about her is great. And she started the show and said, oh, should I put on a bikini? And I'm like, no, you know what? Stay how you are. And it wasn't so much that, but we talked her into doing shots. And we just got so out of our minds that I don't even remember the last half hour. And I'm still afraid to watch it because Jules said the things that were coming out of my mouth were just out of control. I'm like, you know what? I never want to watch it again. I don't even want to know. It's on YouTube. Check out the Yo Show and you'll search Brianna Dale. I believe it's episode 99. She was a lot of fun. Gave them, we had a blast, but man, that last half hour. If you watch it, tell me how it happened because I don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> Do something like that, Zach. All right. Uh, well, well, in all fairness, last time you got drunk, Dylan, you kept asking me to put a bikini on. So yeah. uh, I, guess, I guess we can do that. It's fine. You're right. But think of the views. That's true. true. <laughs> Not yours, the ours. <laughs> uh, so um, our show, we just said this is episode 26, which is a big deal for us. Uh, you know, uh, we just hit 25 episodes. That was something that Dylan and I talked about in the very beginning. I was like, let's just hit the 25 and see where we go from there. So um, that was one of our first benchmarks. And our next one we're not going to talk about right now. But <laughs> what would you say is the next benchmark that you'd like to set for the Yo Show? We, uh, we did our 100th. Uh, we're on episode 134 coming up. We did our 100th. We brought back a bunch of guests from the beginning. Had a nice little party out of it. Jewel and I dressed up. So right now, the goal is to get to 200 and kind of go from there. Like, there's names that we pursue that are bigger that we'd love to have. But, you know, that that's tough. We don't expect everybody to say yes. You got to, you know, break your eggs. But for right now, we're just, like, Full steam ahead to episode number 200. And like I said, maybe a few bucks in the process. Yeah. Uh, in that vein, uh, you're mentioning some guests. Is there anyone in particular you are really gunning for? Um, I kind of mentioned this to Jewel, which I shouldn't have done. I kind of did it by accident. Um, her birthday is coming up at the end of January. I have hit this PR firm about three or four times for the musician Bishop Briggs. She is a massive Bishop Briggs fan. I have been begging. I'm like, look, it's my co-host. It's her birthday. She's a single mom, hard worker. She's like my platonic love of my life. I need this. And I keep getting, we'll see. We're working. We'll see what we can do. So, uh, but other than that, like, I just like, I like funny people. We've had some good ones. We've had uh, Steve Howie from Shameless, uh, House Sparks, um, you know, so we get, 
good comedians on. We get some of the attractive ladies, the 80s ladies. Uh, we just had Nancy Valen on, Erica Leniak, uh, Bobby Brown. So I like it all, man. I'm, I'm not picky. I just love great people, good-looking people, because that seems to draw the crowd, male or female. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, you seem like a, a pretty big movie nerd or whatever. You got a bunch of uh, pop, you know, pop Funkos back there. Uh, that's cool. It's, it's pretty impressive. Um, what would you say? Because we like to ask people this. It goes back into generation generations. Uh, what would you say is your favorite Batman? That's easy for me, and I get so much heat from this. It is, and if I had to put together like a whole Batman thing, it would be Christian Bale as Batman. He would be driving the 1966 original Batmobile. And the um, the villain would be... I would have every Joker. I would have Nicholson, Cesar Romero, the late great Heath Ledger, and even Mark Hamill. Like, I'd have four Jokers, kind of like multiple personality Jokers. That would be my Batman movie. Yeah. So right. not, not Jared Leto, huh? Oh, yeah, I left him out. That, to me, that wasn't really the Joker. That was kind of like a mobster with Joker paint, but yeah. it didn't work for me. I mean, I'd rather have... Margot Robbie bringing in some Harley Quinn. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dylan, go ahead. Would, would you have Mark Hamill playing the Joker physically, or would it be the animated Joker somehow pulled into your Batman movie? Oh, that's a great question. You know what? I would probably work in the animation kind of like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit yeah. with Hamill and his, yeah. and his comic one with the three live ones. That's actually like a really cool idea. I like that. Yeah, I guess like that one's, like a, that one's for you. Like an Into the Spider-Verse, but of Batman. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yes. Oh, Into the Jokerverse? Into the Jokerverse, yeah. Uh, I think we got something. <laughs> yeah. Now, in Philly, this question is probably going to be a little bit easier. Uh, we find out that everyone has a version of a celebrity experience when they're in like an airport or at a Wawa or whatever, and they come across that one weird celebrity, and that's a weird story, such as the time that I met Robbie Knievel, which I don't want to talk about. I hate that time. <laughs> uh, what would you say is your celebrity experience? Oh, let's see. Um, it's on the tip of my tongue too, because I, I I have a few, which is which is weird. I used to go to Atlantic City a lot. Uh, my parents used to be, uh, you know, they used to go to casinos and, and we'd be walking around. So even as a young kid, the Love Boat Charo. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Charo. You're a little, a little younger than me, but like the rocking coochie coochie body, and she was in this tight dress. And as a little little kid, I looked and I'm like. Wow, you are stunning. And some guy's like, back off, kid, and just push me out of the way. And then she turned around and stopped and she said, Thank you, and rubbed my cheek. And I almost fainted as like a 13 or 14 year old kid. Like she was just that awesome. But uh that's you know, I've run in I've run in a lot more like this to athletes. I'm always like, ah, oh, you're so and so and I get geeked. I do. I'm not gonna yeah, lie. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you could cr like pursue any creative project, like let's say that you know the O show takes off and you get uh, just bank of money and you could do whatever creative thing you would want to do because you have endless money, what is that creative endeavor you would like to go do? That sounds great. I would probably enjoy uh, a a daily program on like Sirius Satellite Radio, but I would like to bring in real people. Yeah, we have celebrities, but we also do a, a piece where we bring in real people, the real job, like the local construction guy, the local hairstylist, the local bartender, and bring them in and let them have their shot at getting noticed. Like, hey, uh, one day a week, you can see Jennifer at this bar, slinging drinks, make sure you go there, take good care of her. People dig that, and the people that don't have shows or don't normally get any press love coming on and speaking their piece. So I think that's cool. Yeah, that's oh. cool. Yeah. You 
you seem like a hustler. Like you say, you know, like not, not as far as like a, like a monetary hustler. Like, you know, you're hustling a lot. You're doing a lot of shows. Yeah. Uh, you have big dreams to do a lot of shows. Do you ever get to the point where you kind of hit like a wall and you're like, I just don't know if I want to do this anymore. Uh, has, has that, have you hit one of those creative walls? Right now, I gotta say, absolutely not. And the beauty of it is, I know COVID has slowed people down in a lot of ways. If anything, it's brought me and Jewel closer together because we yearn for the Wednesday. By the way, we're on every Wednesday, 8 p.m. We do Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitch, like you guys do as well. And all during the week, we just text. And then Wednesday, a few minutes before the show, where her face shows up here and my face is here. And we just like, hey, man, what's up? Thank God it's Wednesday. So right now, I love it. It actually is... A nice change of pace. The creating process keeps my mind flowing. So I love it. Right now, no end in sight. Yeah. Sorry, oh, yeah. sorry, people out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Best efforts. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan, what do you got? So, I mean, you're very clearly driven. Is there an inspiration that you pull a lot of uh, drive from? Is there anyone that you're not necessarily trying to emulate, but who would you count among people that have kind of driven you to do what you're doing? I give a humongous shout out. And it's always, it's an easy question. Honestly, I give a huge shout out to uh, Jimmy star and Ron Russell out. They do the Jimmy star show. Uh, they're, they, they're based in Florida. They get great actors and actresses on our program. They've gotten over a billion views. It's they're just fun. They're a, uh, they're a married couple, Jimmy and Ron. They're hilarious. They're kind of outrageous. They have all the answers. They turned us on the streamer. Like we were in a studio. Studio said we're done. COVID. I'm like, great. So I went, I'm and I I'm like, Jimmy, I need help. He's like, no problem. Here's the site. Go on. This is how it works. Guests come on and they love it. So I think Jimmy Starr is my A number one guy that's kept us afloat. Uh, if he catches this, Jimmy, I love you, man. And uh want to have him on our show sometime. They're just excellent people. Yeah, Jimmy right Starr, all right. Yeah, check it out. Yeah. Um when when you're meeting all these people and you're having all these conversations, do you ever get to a point where you start creating something fictional? Do you ever like draw or write or do sculptures or anything? Does anything creative start oozing out of you other than the Yosho? Um, not really. I mean, a couple of female stars I fantasize about, you know, special scenes with. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's crazy. But no, honestly, not. And but that's good though because me and Joy consider like hey let's do a live event let's show up at because a lot of bars say hey come out to our place let's go to a bar and let's bring somebody out or hey let's be the mc to a great band like we'll mc them we'll joke it up bring a band out so we're working on it um i said the show right now is about as creative as we get and a lot of people think it's simple but it, it is as you guys know it's a lot of work even just doing this yeah that's true that's true yeah. and i keep pushing yeah. dylan to do 10 more things yeah <laughs> Um, so obviously, you know, you tell people in real life, you got a podcast, you talk to people and it's like, yeah, I got a podcast. One of the first questions people always ask you is where do you get your ideas from? Uh, a, do people ask you that question? And then B, where do you get your ideas from? Well, I do get asked that a lot. A lot of people, um, they ask me where I get my nerve to be the way I am. And as you tell, I, I drink some beers on the show. So that helps. And, and Jewel drinks rum. So that helps our creative oh, process. Wow. <laughs> and uh, our ideas kind of come from the guests. Like if you look on Facebook or Instagram, there's a ton of talented people out there just dying to get a view. 
And you invite them on. They're like, well, really? Okay, I'll come on. And then from there, we kind of feed the show off of them. Like our top five list usually has something to do with the guests indirectly. The topics we just get off, again, social media, fun topics like uh, man gets foot caught in bear trap while being chased by alligator. And we talk about it. We laugh about it. We think it's ridiculous. But um, our ideas are very simple. Like I said, it kind of pops into our head just by what's going on in the world. I know. People say oh, social media is this and that, but social media is also a terrific source to find out the funnier side of life. Yeah, it's a tool. Yeah, that's that's yeah, definitely for true. sure. Yeah. Um, is there one topic that you have wanted to tackle recently that you haven't really um, found the right moment to? Um, or do you tend to pull more from like kind of like headlines or something like that and just kind of see what crops up? I like I like entertainment of all sorts. We don't yeah. do politics. Uh, I got a couple of guests lined up, and I yeah, you kind of ask me like you know anything new you want to push. And I'm like, can we please not talk politics? And I agree. I don't know enough about it. It's a sewer spot. I'm not into that. But recently we've been doing more sports. My co-host is not really a sports person, but we sneak in little sports segments near the end that I like because I'm I'm a sports junkie. Uh, so we're working that in. I get um, friends of mine who do. You know, booking or fantasy stuff and all that. We kind of worked that in a little bit. So that's really it. Everything else, like I said, it's so open and so basic that there's not much we don't tackle. We don't tackle. We're here to entertain. We don't really want to tackle the stuff that's going to bring people down. So you you interview a lot of people. And uh, one of my shows is called I'm Nobody, where it's like a reverse interview show where I get people to come and interview me, uh, ask me 10 questions, whatever they want to talk about, because I want to have conversations with people and not just, you know, stupid like, hey, what's your favorite color? Um, But I want I want to have like a nice conversation with people. But because because you're an interviewer, is there a question that you like or that you go to more often than not? That's a great question. We usually like to ask people, uh, and you kind of ask me, we kind of like to ask them their influences. Who got them into their craft? And singers, we always ask like little questions like, if you had a chance to get on stage and collab with somebody, who would it be? I kind of always like to know who creates, like who gets creative from what other artists. Um, and basically, I said, like the podcast community and the webcast community, I feed off all you guys. I see whatever, I watch everybody. I see what they do and say, yeah, I could do it a little bit of this. And I want to do it a little bit like that. Or I don't want to do it like that at all and be opposite and do it like this. So I always like to know where people get their creative ideas from. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, one of the, the best questions that I was ever asked was somebody asked me if, if my life was a season, like a series, like a television show, uh, what season am I in? And I thought that was such an interesting question. So I'm going to ask you, say your life is a series, like a television show, HBO Max, whatever you want. What season are you in right now? Uh, It's funny you said that because me and Jewel have always joked and we've always been in season one. So we've never gotten away from season one because your life is, to me, your life, your show, everything you do is one giant season. And the finale, of course, is, God forbid, the finale. So everything is just one giant season long. Like, I see people breaking into series uh, series and season two, season three episodes. We just run with the episodes, and it's one big, enjoyable season. Well, I didn't necessarily mean the Yo Show. I meant no. Jeff, Jeff Perini as a human being. Yeah. It's- no, I'm in... I'm in season 49, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I hate giving out that number, and yeah. sometimes it 
you know, it makes people twenty. Yeah, but I'm in season forty nine. Yeah, I was thinking Every about year it. Is a season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't when I was asked that question. I didn't really took it as take it as so much like years. But I was thinking like, okay, well, I lived in this area till I was twelve, and then a you know big culture shock. So that was all season one and blah blah. So yeah, I'm kind of in season seven. I think uh, Dylan's in season three. Like I think I said, gave you like six or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> It's been a while since you asked me that question, though. So who knows how long it's been? Yeah, but like as, as we've seen from from twenty twenty, like twenty twenty is like a year that sticks out in everybody's head. But you know, like every year, to me, in my opinion, has its ups and downs. So to me, it's forty nine. Like twenty twenty one's off the great start. Our beer business is doing good. Our show's doing good. My personal life's doing good. So to me, every year is a season. Then you're going to have wow, what a tragic season. And then hey, this is a good season. So yeah, it's forty nine. Yeah, right on. <laughs> no, that's great. Uh, Dylan, you got any more questions before we get into our jibber jabber? Uh, so Jeff, you, you, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about interviews and I just got, um, two more. You have a question that you have never been asked, but you've always wanted to be asked. That's also really good. I, I kind of like the direction of what else creative am I into? Um, I also like really, Stop that in my track, crazy questions. But that more or less comes from the question asked more than out of my head. That's but like, I always say, like I do, and my wife gets so aggravated. Listen, I do anything for a laugh, anything for a rise, and I've done some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> crazy questions. All right, uh, here's a crazy question, Jeff. Uh, let's say that you could lose one of your senses, but gained it in a different way. Like if you lost the sense of smell, but you could actually see odors. What sense would you lose and how would you pick it up? That sounds good. I would probably tone down my sense of taste a little bit, especially because being in the beer business, sometimes you don't want to drink a clunker and be like, yeah. so I take my taste down and I would definitely magnify my hearing. So I'd love to be at a distance and hear what everybody's got going on because people like to whisper. <laughs> I like to catch everything. So definitely hearing. I would like to hear everything. Yeah, yeah. right on. All right. Uh, so before we get into <laughs> before we get into our stuff, uh, do you want to pitch your show one last time? Tell people where they can find it, uh, where they can see you. What is the easiest way to find the Yo Show and the Shark? Awesome. I really appreciate that. So uh, on Facebook, we uh, we are still the Stoop Radio Network. Uh, it's a name we're kind of locked into for reasons beyond. But the Stoop Radio Network on Facebook. YouTube at The Yo Show. We're also on Twitch at The Yo Show. And again, the website is www.theyoshow215.com. We go 100% live every Wednesday night starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. We run to about 10 p.m. Eastern, maybe a little longer if we're having that great of a time. Again, it's myself, Jeff the Shark Perini, my co-host, Jewel Tatey, who I uh, have self-proclaimed as the most beautiful woman in all of podcast webcasting. Uh, it's a good time, really. If you just want to have some laughs, or even if you just like, God, these people are ridiculous. It's that funny. Come check us out. It's worth a shot. I guarantee you that. Yeah, right on. Uh, how did you get the name The Shark? Oh, this was great. From a long, long time ago, uh, when I hit 30 years old, I became single again. wasn't married, but I had a girlfriend for a long time. And uh, just turned 30. My buddy's like, dude, we got to get you out. Let's get out. And we would go out to the bar. We drink tons of beer, drink tons of shots. And we used to hang out and, you know, you meet girls. And the one girl's like, God, this guy drinks like a fish. My buddy's like, no, this guy drinks like a shark. And I'm like, and that was it. From that point on, they started calling me that, like, you know, drinking like the shark, drinking with the shark. And it just became the shark. And I've stuck to it for 20 years. Again, my wife hates it because it's my single day's nickname, but <laughs> stuck. 
not a bad reason to have that nickname, I suppose. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Hey, it's much better than it could be. I, you know, yeah. I'm not that Shark Tank kind of shark. I'm just a drinking shark. Yeah, <laughs> Dylan, Dylan, do you have a nickname? No. Nah. Nah. <laughs> I'm gonna work on that. You, Nah, you can't. You can't give your. Yeah, you can't give yourself one. It's got to yeah. be one that's given to you. Right? No, I didn't know if he had one that I just never heard or didn't know about that I, I could use for. I purposes. have stage names, but those are different. Yeah, that's true. No, I know a couple of those. Uh, <laughs> okay, Jeff. Uh, so we're going to get into our version, of the, uh, our our portion of the show, um, if that's okay with you. Uh, sure. Last week we had on Joe Ketchum with Word Salad Radio, um, and he helped us pick a really weird thing that uh, Dylan won. Actually, uh, it was a weird. We, 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 you want to wrap that story up real fast? Yeah. So the idea I pitched was that the world got thrown into a time loop everybody was aware of in a way to like give them time to resolve a natural disaster that was coming. Oh. And we spent a lot of time just discussing the moral implications of the entire world, knowing that the status quo resets at the end of the day. So we, yeah. it, it was a, it was a pretty hefty concept. So I'm looking forward to doing something. Maybe that's a little lighter this week. Yeah. Uh, before we go into our pitches this week, I want to throw a special shout out to International Broadcast Media Television for having us on and having me and Dylan connect through these horrible times and keep our friendship going strong uh, with friends like Mr. Jeff Perini uh, over down there. Uh, you did it. Uh, you got me on the first track. Yeah. <laughs> uh, people that do help us out, we want to throw another shout out to Scott Curtis with Behind the Bits Podcast. Uh, that guy is awesome, has supported us from the beginning, and is really an awesome guy. So if you want to be interviewed, you reach out to scott curtis and he is an award-winning interviewer uh if you don't know him check him out behind the bits podcast uh sarah takachik our friend on the east coast she's awesome we love her to death listener app is awesome and they support us constantly if you like to uh if you want to hear the shark but also read the words instead of just listening to them and save the jokes in, in word format then you go to listener app you can find them on instagram at the greatest podcast app uh and that's about it we're going to get into our stuff uh so the one that lost last week, uh, the one that I pitched, I had this idea um, because of my fantasy with like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat and that kind of weird thing where people just get warped into a fighting tournament. I had the idea to do the same style of thing, but with public domain figures. So because Dylan and I like to work with a very small budget, we make our movies, we thought nothing better than public domain figures. They're free. Uh, They're weird figures. Um, but we wanted to do, we wanted to write a story that is Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter-y, but only using public domain figures. So public domain uh, Street Fighter is uh, what we're going to call this one. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's the one that I would like to work out and see whatever that is, if it's a comic okay. book or a movie or a cartoon. Um, so the idea I'm, I've been thinking of, um, Zach, in grade school, did your te- did your English teachers ever have you read uh, Gary Paulson? Yes. Jeff, are you familiar with that name at all? No. He was like a, he was like a I'm older. Keep in mind. <laughs> he, he, he was very active in like, I think the seventies. He's, yeah. he's been writing for a long time, but a lot of his stories deal with man versus nature or that sort of thing. And there was one novel that always struck my interest called, um, the rifle where it followed a rifle across the decades as it's owned by different people. And I'm a sci-fi nerd. So I figured what if we follow like a laser gun after it's like being used in like a, like a space revolt or something like that. And maybe like we know that it's going to be used for something dramatic and we follow it across as people either like pick it off the ground. I'm not describing this very well, but wait, so the whole, the whole movie you're following a weapon. Yes, and it would it would oh. probably be like a number of vignettes of the people who have that weapon. 
Oh, so and, like the opening of Lord of War, but a, like a longer, uh, oh, cooler yeah. version of that. No, that's a way better description of it. The, that opening, <laughs> opening for that movie where it follows the bullet, but instead of a bullet, it's a like a like a blaster rifle or something. And you, and you said that this thing is rigged to blow, so then the audience knows the whole time. Did you say that? It's something. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's going to be used in something dramatic. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So. Oh. All right. Well, that's interesting. Cool. Uh, we know. What do you? What do you? Word. What do you call on this thing? Uh laser following i don't i don't know i don't have a, I don't have a title for it <laughs> okay so obviously if you pick this one jeff we're going to workshop this name also yeah no i mean not to uh not to intervene but if you think about it you could follow the han solo blaster through its journey of shooting at greedo first or vice versa mm, you could oh, definitely do something yeah. like that <laughs> uh, hopefully, uh, Disney wasn't sue us for doing that, but yeah. Uh, sure. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jeff. So what we're going to do is we're going to pose this question to you. Which story would you like to see us work on? Whether it's a public domain street fighter, uh, Mortal Kombat situation, or whether it's laser followers. Dude, that is such a bad that's, name. That's a bad one. Like, really? <laughs> that's I tough to because you could have said laser chaser at least. Like, that's even closer. That's good. Come on, I'm standing by it. This is this is what COVID does because we're not in the same room. We don't we don't connect wavelengths anymore. Yeah, (laughs) in there, I feel you. God, they're both pretty interesting projects, and I kind of hate to pick one over the other. But um, man, no offense, Dylan, but I'm going to work on public domain Street Fighter. Oh, good. I'll take take a week to better develop that title. Laser followers. And I don't want to say the title hurt you. It's not yeah, great. It's I'm not going to say it hurt oh, you. No, I'll, I'll say it for all three of us. Yeah. <laughs> when, if you're listening, uh, when's our director? When, if you're listening, let us know in the public chat whether you think Laser Follower is a terrible name or not. <laughs> okay, Jeff. So what we do now is we take about an hour. We kind of develop this stupid idea into. Oh, you got it. You got a smiley face. All right, it's fine. You're good. <laughs> Uh, and we try to develop the thing into whatever story it kind of wants to be told whether it's a movie a cartoon sometimes we do graphic novels one time we did a board game uh that was a weird one um but yeah so we're going to start developing this thing into whatever it's going to be so public domain street fighter now i'm assuming obviously there's going to be a tournament based system and they're going to be pulled from somewhere so we yeah. need to kind of figure out where that somewhere is, if we're going to acknowledge that, and then what the structure of this is going to be. Yeah. Now, uh, Dylan. Yes. You are an accomplished novelist. You have pieces of paper with your name on them and seals that are probably uh, clamped with, you know, what was that called? Notarized? Notarized. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. You have a degree or something, right? Oh, <laughs> yes, I have a degree. Yeah. Uh, now, if you were trying to use your degree to write a story about a tournament, do you think that is a serialized tale or is it a single capsulated story? If it's serialized, I'm seeing it as a limited thing. I don't. This okay. isn't the this isn't the type of idea I think that you do like a week to week to week to week thing. I yeah. It's like now keep in mind in Dragon Ball Z. Now there was a Mortal Kombat television show that was in the early 2000s that did yes. absolutely poorly. So I will beg to differ that it can happen. Uh, Jeff, yeah. would you like to see this kind of project as a movie, as a uh, maybe a series, like a weekly series? Like what? What do you when you think of like a like a Street Fighter type of thing? What is the best style of format for that? I would go. Um, I would obviously try to pursue the hot thing right now, which is Netflix, uh, and to add. 
to the juice of the kind of fighting, I'd probably like to go maybe uh, anime, maybe comic, something of that nature. Because you could definitely do a whole lot more of a wild fighting scenes than just like yeah. trying to get humans. And even with the you know the graphics today, I still think comic is the best way to really make it explode. Now, but I will say that anime is is a very interesting idea. So I think we should go down that for a little bit. So Netflix okay. has recently put out those series where it is anime versions of things. There's a Wolverine. There's an X-Men. Uh, uh, one of your, the Dylan's favorites, Castlevania, which is pretty yeah. good. Uh, would yeah. that be considered an anime version? Which That's one? Pretty, what, the, 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 the Castlevania? Um, yeah, it's an American animation studio, but the style is definitely very much in that vein. All right. So let's let's go down that path and let's say we're going to do like an eight episode, six to eight episodes right now for Netflix. Right. Let's just see how this works out. Um, Now, this is anime. So we need to come up with like a base timeline of what the season is going to go over. Yeah. And then we'll we'll break that down. Uh, Dylan, will you do me a favor and kind of pull up some public domain figures, Google some of these people and let me know who like some of the more interesting ones. I know for some reason Thor is a public domain figure. But he is god level, so I don't know if we want to throw him in there. Yeah, no, that's Thor from the mythology is right. What we got to be careful about because, and that's how that's why Marvel has used Thor in the past because technically, any religious figure is technically public domain. Oh, any religious figure. Okay, wow. really? Because it's a religion, like, you can copyright it. Oh, a religious figure. Yes. So Jesus. So Jesus is a public domain figure. We could have Jesus in this if we wanted to. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> now, would you say Jesus is God-tier level? I mean, that's kind of the main part of the creed, isn't it? I... Do we... I don't... Do we, do we have, <laughs> like a third, we maybe the third God level? We have to think, do we want to go down that road? Well, I was thinking that it would be cool if Jesus was like the Shang Tsung of this... Of the... <laughs> Like if he was the re, he was like maybe he's doing like a thing. He's like I need more angels or something. I kind of like the I like the idea that it's a divine figure, but let's make it like someone who's not actively worshipped in the modern era, like Ares or some some sort of like god of war or combat. Some sort of is is some mythological figure like Beowulf. Beowulf could put this on or Gilgamesh. That's pretty cool. Gilgamesh is after like glory, so he invites all the best fighters across time or something. Jeff, any of these people standing out to you as a cool figure to like kind of start having all this happen? Yeah, I kind of like where you guys, uh, I kind of like the page you're on. I mean, I'm a Zeus fan, but that, again, you're talking God, so that's a tough one. So uh, I kind of leave this one up to you guys. I like where you're at so far, though. I kind of like the ideas. Cool. All right, Dylan, throw one out there. Uh, let's do Gilgamesh because his whole thing in the ancient myths was about finding glory and immortality. Okay, so Gilgamesh is putting on this tournament. Now, what do you think he's going for? What is his goal? Why is he making these people fight? Well, traditionally in, in any sort of tournament arc that has like a major named person as the facilitator, that facilitator has an ulterior motive to assembling all these champions. Whether it's something along the lines of like getting super powerful people together to defeat them all at once or to drain their power or to find someone worthy to take their place. I see any of those going for it. It's probably just like, I want all the best fighters in the universe to come together so that I can find the best fighter and then I can beat him up. All right. So he's finding the best fighter of all public domainity (laughs) only to find his (laughs) his ultimate fight. Across all the public domains. Is that a word, domainity? 
It is now. <laughs> it, is now. It, is now. it is now. Yeah, probably. Like All right. So then the season finale is going to be uh, Gilgamesh versus whoever wins in this tournament bracket style thing. I think if we're doing a straight tournament arc, yeah, that makes sense. If we want to well, subvert it in some way, I don't know what that would entail. But well, you know the, the, the finale of the show is still going to have to be that battle. Whether or not that battle happens or whatever happens during that battle, that would be the pinnacle of a tournament-style show is the, you know, the, the, the ending of uh, Karate Kid. You got, you got the fight, you know? Yeah. Uh, so we're going to say this is the final battle. Um, all right, Dylan, why don't you throw some people out that are in public domain uh, that you would like to see battle? I guess we got to keep them kind of at the same tier level maybe, but we'll figure that out later. Yeah. Uh, first one that comes to mind is Conan. He is technically oh, cool. a public domain. That's a cool one. <laughs> uh, I like that. Let's yeah. see who else I can find. Uh, any of the old monsters, Dracula, Frankenstein's monster, uh, the mummy, any of those, we could have whichever ones show up. I kind of like the idea of like Dracula, but as like a his kind of like a, I don't know how to explain it, but a less. Um, who was the actor who was very famous for playing Dracula? Gary Oldman. Other one. Uh, uh, oh, uh, Bella, Bella Lugosi. Lugosi was it? Oh, less Bella Lugosi Dracula and more like a Castlevania Dracula where he's kind of so, dignified and powerful. More like well, Vlad, the, Vlad the Impaler kind yeah. of. Yeah. Okay. I think it's right. um, We could get Sherlock Holmes is public domain. Oh, cool. As of, as of uh, this last month, um, we could have Great Gatsby. Gatsby. <laughs> Maybe he's a sponsor. <laughs> Gatsby's a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, if you could like spin off and have Gatsby hire his own little squad of fighters that he just bosses around with all his money. Like, oh yeah. Got this fight. Go get him. <laughs> what if we treat this closer to um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, where we don't necessarily we don't draw too much attention to the fact that we are explicitly using public domain figures but it's like someone i don't know so the main whichever character is going to be the main window um gatsby like shows up and goes i have a job for and he flashes some money or something and then it's gatsby maybe trying in some way to either make money off of the tournament or in some way gatsby is kind of the initiating incident as for why this person got involved Hmm. So for, I'm not sure why this popped in my head, but Jeff, have you ever seen a movie called Digstown? It came out in the late eighties uh, no. with James. I've Wilson. heard of it. Though. Yeah. It's, it's a really cool movie. Oh, and, wait a minute. You, yeah, it's it. It's coming to me. Yeah. I, I yeah. Believe it, I've seen so many and I just kind of yeah. flashed across somebody to forget. But yeah, it's so it's, it's Lou Gossett Jr. And James Woods and James Woods is in a town and he makes a bet that he has a fighter that can win yes. 10 fights in one day. So it's a gets, great movie phenomenal movie and that's also and i i that just popped in my head as a really cool tournament style like storytelling technique would be to have kind of like everybody like maybe gilgamesh is finding all the people to fight himself so he's fighting like you know everybody you know by himself over and over again to prove that he could fight 10 of the best people in one or something like that so maybe just keep that in your brain also Dylan. maybe maybe <laughs> Maybe Gatsby is like Gilgamesh's not courier, but the guy who always shows up and is like, My employer's putting on a tournament and he's interested in your presence there. And then he hands them like an envelope. It's like so an indirect, indirect agitator, kind of, if you will. Yeah. 
or like a manager or promoter or something. Yeah. 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 Cool. All right. So we're going to send Gatsby throughout what time or something to pick all these people out to we tell them, Hey, them. yeah. All right, cool. Um, there, I mean, let's see who else is in like all of Lovecraft's stuff is public domain. Um, all of the Alice in Wonderland stuff, all the Edgar Rice Burroughs stuff, um, mm. Robinson Crusoe, Zorro, but it looks like Sony is in kind of a fight over who owns Zorro right now. Well, we'll put him in for right now. Just yeah, why not? He's a cool fighter. Because um, honestly, how, I w- how fantastic do we want these fighters to be? I mean, I, I think it, it should be interesting to watch. So we'll throw a couple fantasy people in there. I really like the idea that Beowulf shows up and is strictly there to, like, he's the guy who is there to win. Like, he shows up and he immediately challenges Gilgamesh and he's like, we have a system. And he goes, mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see why we're wasting time, but okay. Yeah. It's like, uh, buddy, you're in round one. What are you talking about? Yeah. You want, uh, you want a piece Pan, of this? Get here. Who? Pan is... Uh, Public domain, any of the Arabian Nights characters, so Sinbad, Aladdin, Phantom of the Opera, really. Huh. Okay, so. Any Todd. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <please laughs> any Jane Austen characters, we can have the entire cast of Pride and Prejudice show up. Oh, cool. So so Hugh Grant will definitely be here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. on Hugh Grant. Yeah, dude, those uh, so mine and my lips. Hopefully, we pan across uh, all the fighters and Hugh Grant just standing there, just kind of hot, like I don't know why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what what is what? Del, what do you think would be a good uh, like like push to get this thing going? We we need our window character, which means Gatsby has to pop in to this person's world and tell him the rules of what's happening. Yeah, Who, who's our window character? Do we because want? Do we want the narrator to be a f- public dom- a, a a pop culture character? Do we want them to be kind of like you know how every tournament has like the the fighting fighting person who's just like they're always like a cop or like a they're either someone who knows how to fight or like a public servant like a librarian. Uh and and what's their role? What do you wh- This this is the this is the narrator. This is the main character. Okay. Oh, this them? is the window character. Do we want them to be a public domain figure, or do we want them to be kind of like the every person? Now let's make them a public domain figure as well. Like maybe yeah. I, I, that's why I was thinking maybe Sherlock would be a very good window character because he yeah. would want to know like what's going on, why is this happening, but also he can hold his own, so he would yeah. still be getting through the tournament. Let's see. And also, if Sherlock fights, does he get Watson as like a sidekick, or is he like a utility belt? Watson's his guy on the end, just shouting advice to him from the stands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's his trainer in his corner, I guess, is yeah. as best as he can get. Yeah, yeah. Throwing a towel, Rock. Can't um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, win, Rock. <laughs> Robin Hood. Ro- uh, Robin Hood. That you. That is the main character. You think? It could be. It'd be interesting. I mean. Uh, are they going to let him fight with like bow and arrow and stuff, or He'd probably have a sword or a knife or something? Yeah, right, cool. We, we right, can, we can, these are public domain figures. We can reinterpret them to be as edgy and modern as we like them to be. True. Ooh. True. So everyone's being played by Jamie Fox then. He is edgy and cool. <laughs> okay, so Robin Hood is our window character, and he's doing his business in Sherwood Forest or whatever. And yeah. then I guess Great Gatsby pops out of nowhere and was like, sure. "Hey, you're being summoned." 
Is there a is there magic in this? Because he could magically portal in. Is yeah, kind of like a like a big ray of light, kind of like he shoots down from the heavens, like poof, and he's yeah, there, yeah. You know, something like that. So maybe we don't use Gaffy for that. Is there a public domain figure that is more magical or that has a little bit more of those kind of powers that would be out of the fight, but kind of getting this thing going? Because I like Gatsby as like the sponsor or like yeah. the goat or whatever. Like this thing's sponsored by Greg Gatsby. Yeah, any, he's great. Any of the Brothers Grimm characters are fair use. Um, right, so let's just say the Grimm brothers. Both of them? Yeah, sure. That's sure. cool. Yeah. Why not? Because they, they always like good cop, bad cop people. I think that might be yeah. funny too. They do a fusion right. dance where they... <laughs> So we're gonna say the Grimm brothers are popping in and out of all of existence uh, and picking out people for Gilgamesh to fight because he is bored and he wants to just fight the best of the best. I'm yeah. assuming, right? Yeah. All right. I think cool. So. All right. So they go and they grab Robin Hood, and that's how this story starts. We're, we probably open up on Robin Hood. Wait, are we doom? Are we kirking ourselves by having Robin Hood in this movie? Because the last movie to have Robin Hood in it that did well would be either Robin Hood Men in Tights or Shrek 1. <laughs> Dude, you, you said Robin Hood. I said Sherlock Holmes. No, I know. And I'm thinking to myself now, is this a good idea? I am never a fan of Robin Hood, ever. Okay. I don't like the story. I think it's stupid. Okay. <laughs> Although, we can make him edgier now so we can kind of reinvent Robin Hood for a new... Yeah, maybe. All right, that's cool. So, so a reinvented Robin Hood. I'm okay with that. Yeah, probably, probably a little bit more, um, like Hawkeye. Yeah, why not? But not. But not. But not because Hawkeye's not public domain. Yeah, but not. But he's definitely Robin Hood. All right, like a a Robin Hood who uh, who drinks a lot and he's more of a cranky Robin Hood. He robs from the rich and just kind of sprinkles a little bit to the poor because he's just sick of his job. And he's yeah. sick of the years of the dainty Robin Hood. So now he's an angry Robin Hood. He slices yeah. with a bag of coins and then he just leaves it on someone's table and walks yeah. off. He's like, yeah. you guys contribute it. I'm done. <laughs> he robs from the rich but shops local. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he robs from Walmart and gives mom and pop the sneaker yeah. shop. The, I yeah. I love um, it. So I'm seeing this opening scene as kind of probably a, a bog standard Robin Hood action romp where it's, we yeah. see him either fighting the sheriff or of Nottingham or whatever. And then he's interrupted when the brothers Grimm show up and they're like, Hmm, we have a, we have what an invitation for you. Or you've been summoned. Yeah. Yeah. You've been served. (laughs) Or, you know, get out of your, get out of your lightweight, boring life and uh, prove your worth kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, you oh, think yeah. something? Since we're jacking him up a little bit, yeah. They yeah. have that moment where he's sitting in the bar drinking, and then he's <laughs> hey, yeah. on either side of him, and they order beers, and they're like twin brothers, and they go, yeah. It's like, yeah, well, you seem you seem tired, like you're in a rut. Well, we have an opportunity, and they hand him like an envelope with a wax seal on it with whatever Gilgamesh's like sign is. Yeah. Um, and then he probably, I would imagine he probably didn't says no the first time yeah 100 percent. he probably says yeah. no the brothers grim what they do is they most likely try to get him drunk so he passes out then he wakes up in whatever carriage system is taking him away because he has to go they say he says no and gets up to walk away and they say something to him that makes him like stop like you know the camera's on him and yeah. he stops and he turns around and do they then like force do they 
kidnap him? They knock him out and kidnap him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's good. I said yeah, they, they could walk. They could walk him out of the bar like reluctantly, and Nottingham could be like in the middle of the street, and he just backhands him like beat it, dude. Back yeah, in more yeah. time for you, and he flattens out Nottingham, and he's on to his next big adventure. Yeah, yeah that's perfect. Rebirth, if you will. <laughs> okay, then, so yeah. So generally, the plot points for like a tournament arc, and that's kind of how I'm viewing this is. We see some of the contestants before they join the tournament because we see that they're normal lives and how they're competent enough to be selected for this. They are approached by a figure who invites them to, you know, whatever the draw is, whether it's the winning fund or the glory or just the chance to do something different. They are invited and eventually they accept. We go to it and it's like the prep round where we see the big Coliseum or whatever the place is and we get and exposure to the fact that this is happening and in a setting like this not only is it happening but we've pulled fighters from every era of time and space to undergo this tournament so you get a little bit of that fish out of water aspect where the person realizes that their existence is not in isolation yeah so i was gonna say most most likely with how that would work uh, it would have uh, Robin Hood in that area, and he's walking around, and he's seeing the rules, and he's understanding the thing, and then he has to witness a fight, right? Okay. There's always that one where the window character witnesses the first fight, so he understands what happens when he loses. So I'll say that that's probably the end of episode one, is him witnessing yeah. a fight, seeing the results of how that would happen. And it would so, need to be someone like Popeye versus like a serious <laughs> threat, because Popeye's yeah. probably playing. And he's kind of a brawler, so I imagine, yeah. like, you know, you see in the, you, we would never call him Popeye by name, but it would, he'd be just like described or like visibly as like a sailor in an archaic naval uniform, just absolutely built and doing like the, the fisticuffs thing, yeah. and then it, he's like fighting Conan or something, and Conan <laughs> just bisects him with his sword or something. Cool. All right, so episode one ends with Popeye versus Conan. Why not? That's a, that's a good fight. It's a great fight. And obviously, Conan wins. Uh, what happens to the loser in the fight? Like, what, what happens when, when they lose? Imagine they probably have someone who can either heal them and return them, or this is like, you're in it to win it or die. Yeah, I think the die part makes, uh, I think that's more interesting. Them just going back to their world. Although that's kind of cool, like Robin Hood being just popped back into Sherwood Forest, being like, oh my god, I just saw like a whole bunch of crazy stuff. Yeah. And then Friartuck's like, nah, you're just hungover. Or what? <laughs> uh, so, what, what do you think, Jeff? Do they do they do they disappear from existence, or do they get healed and uh, come back with the knowledge or something else? Mm, pretty good. I would say. I mean, I would kind of like them to see see them be the eternal prisoner, like they oh, are oh. in a dungeon for life, and you always see like kind of like real attractive sorcerer girl kind of approach them. You never hear what she says to them, never sees what she does to them, and next thing you know, they're in prison for life. Yeah, that's that's way better. Like, uh, you lost, and here are the consequences. You never hear them or see them, but, like, flip screen, and boom, now they're locked away forever. Yeah, cool. Prisoners for life. Uh, Zach, do we have an idea on how many episodes we would want to set this at? Um, I have I have so down here eight. Kind of, okay. It shouldn't be more than eight. I was thinking at first six. Uh, eight seems okay, depending on what kind of story we're trying to tell here. I, I really um, like, we've done this, we've done TV layouts before, and I really like the uh, eight episode 
Works. Yeah, it, it, it works. It works for me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's good. Okay. Uh, so episode one is, is pretty much wrapped up and it's Robin Hood entering this area and learning a couple of the rules, seeing his first fight, which is uh, Popeye versus Conan. Uh, Conan wins. Popeye gets drug away to an eternal prison and it is a horrific scene and it lets everybody know, I don't want to lose. Bring yeah, your cannot, A game. Right. Cannot <laughs> lose this. So who is going to be so a lot of times in a tournament arc the main character will or every fighter will be accompanied by a handler who works for the tournament organizer as a way for them to like answer questions, get them equipment, that sort of thing. Is there someone we would see working as like a foil or like um you know how in Hercules he's got um pan, that sort yeah, of thing? Phil. Phil. Yeah. Phil. Um yeah, I, I like that idea. I like them all being the same, almost like Oompa Loompas for everybody, but like okay. demonic Oompa Loompas, whatever that would be. We are, we're, we're getting, not, I'm not going to say we're getting a little close, but we are um, approaching the same territory as our friends from uh, Super Bracket Bros. Oh, okay. So then each person gets to bring their own, uh, they, have, they got their own handler. Yeah. Okay, so he's got, he's got a little John. Or Friar Tuck, one of the two. I like the idea of Little John because I think I feel like Robin Hood is like older, and Little John is like this big like. Um, uh, who's the guy who was in uh, Don't Breathe and Avatar? Stephen Lang. Oh I yeah, like it's this old older Robin Hood, and Stephen Lang is like Little John, and he's standing there with his arms crossed, and he's you know he looks like he's not taking any nonsense. So you can have one if you choose, right? Is that the thing? Yeah, I think so. So as you get taken, say, look, we're going to take you. You can have, you can bring a person, a manager, or whatever if you like. And, select your handler. Yeah, and then I guess in this situation, uh, Little John probably submitted himself because uh, I don't think Robin Hood would ever do that. He was probably um, he was probably trying to prevent the brothers groom from taking him, and probably got taken along as like, well, if you're going to go, then I'm coming. With, you know. Yeah, you're not, you're not gonna have all this fun by yourself. No, I like <laughs> well, that. Kind of, I don't because you're not going into the ring. And he goes, "We'll see about that." Um, so normally in tournament uh, scenario or, or movies or anything, the the window character almost has to fight the second fight for some reason. They witness a fight and then they're called to the second fight, and it's always like, "I didn't think I had to fight this early." Uh, whatever, and yeah. either something happens or they win by default or something. Um, so. Who do you think should fight in the second episode? Um, or we probably should do a couple fights, right? There's yeah, we should show a few different fights with some throwaway characters in the first episode. Yeah. All right. Cool. So in each episode, we'll show one fight, and then there's the main fight of of, of the episode. Cool. Yeah. And I th right. I feel like if we're doing eight episodes, then we should probably have Robin Hood fight in the first episode. Like we should. <clears throat> Have them view it like a montage, and then the Popeye Conan fight is kind of like everybody's rooting for Conan because he always puts on a great show. Um, and then, well, I, I think if we're going to push it to eight episodes, it does make sense for him to just have nothing but the 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 rush of emotion and the overwhelming sense of like what this world is, and then he has to be forced to fight in the second episode, which okay. I think makes uh, maybe sure. a, a longer storytelling style. Sure. So uh, um, let, let's say he gets he gets the first fight right, and it's an easy yeah. fight for him. So who who would uh, Robin Hood fight 
that is an easy fight for him, which I'm assuming he's going to just do like the Indiana Jones move and just whip out like an arrow and just pops my face, right? I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling through just a public domain list of characters and I get down to one section and all the only, it's just one word. It's just God. And I'm like, mm. Mm, not yet. Not yet. Yeah, no, no, no. Not yet. Uh, I, I'm cool if we do like Frankenstein. That might be kind of cool. Uh, yeah. Zorro versus Robin Hood will be a cool fight. Um, but I do like I, I do like it being like if Robin Hood's like kind of really upset to go in, he doesn't really want to do it, and then once he gets in there, he's just like, Fip. "All right, I'm out of here. What do I got to do next?" Yeah, that, that might be kind of cool. Um, let's see. I'm looking. Through... That makes that makes Zorro go because Zorro can kind of do the Indiana Jones where he's playing with his sword and kind of. Uh, getting in his face and Robin Hood's like, I ain't got time for this. And away Peter Pan and Peter Pan's trying to fly around being all fancy and Robin Hood just plucks him out of the air. Oh, I was thinking better. Peter Pan too, but that's a little light, but okay. Yeah, I know I think that's funny. Because he's all like just whipping around, yeah. It doesn't have to be Disney's <laughs> Peter Pan. This can be like um there was a novel written called The Child Thief by Brahm, where it paints Peter Pan in a far more classical interpretation where he is kidnapping human children and he's like a fey creature so he's oh. kidnapping human children to like increase his army size so yeah. i figured it'd be kind of like all of these figures are going to be our interpretation of them not necessarily how they're portrayed in their own stuff but in all fairness there is something funny about disney's peter pan like flying yeah. around with his little wooden sword like trying to do something and then robin hood's like i i cannot handle this i'm, <laughs> just, I'm starting to imagine <laughs> this robin hood is being played by an older oscar isaac oh cool all right yeah, Dude, let's actually let's try to make let yeah let's make Robin Hood cool. <laughs> yeah. um, but we are at the hour we are at the hour mark, Dylan. So do you want to yeah. uh, throw in a big promo real quick? All right, hello everybody. Just tuning in or tuning in recently since our last update. You're watching Talking Upstream, where myself and Zach, that guy, oh, and our friend this week, Jeff the Shark Perini from the Yo Show, are. <clears throat> Developing an idea into a concept that ideally we can produce and sell later. That idea this week is what Zach brought, which is the public domain tournament, which we have kind of decided is an attempt by Gilgamesh to collect the universe's greatest fighters so that he can beat the universe's greatest fighter in an attempt to earn some glory. It seems like Robin Hood is going to be the narrator. We're going to see him and little John kind of uh, navigate this multi-dimensional uh tournament complex and we're doing it as an eight episode animated series or yeah. comic, something like that something yeah that really kind of go go nuts on the uh designs without having to drain the budget too much because we don't have yeah to. i All love right. that so we're um, figuring out where kind of these story beats are going right now yeah i also had the idea okay so i like robin hood versus peter pan the first fight that's really funny and quick and whatever and i think it'd be a really interesting thing and then set this precedence moving forward is that beowulf uh like nominates himself for every fight every single time like if he if he yeah. you know there's like two fights per day and then beowulf walks into the first one he goes i'm fighting i don't care yeah <laughs> and I, I, or I like the idea that gilgamesh i sorry I, I was confused for a brief minute and i thought you i thought you meant gilgamesh I had an idea that every every option Gilgamesh offers them the opportunity. You can fight a random fighter from the lots, or you can fight me. And they're always just like, "I'll go. I'll take, I'll take the random one." Take Peter Pan. <laughs> I like the idea that Beowulf is always like offering people that he'll take their spot. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's not like that. He gets a buy in the first round, so you don't see him fight initially, 
And then when you do, it's going to be horrific. Like, Dude, he yeah. wrecks people. Yeah. Cool. Just like rips people by the legs in half. Like he is a monster. Does the mountain uh, thing from Game of Thrones spoilers where he just goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like wrestling days with Goldberg. Like he, oh, yeah. he, him, he would take like the weeniest guy and just like splatter him in 10 seconds. Dude, just spear him and then like <laughs> growl and leave. Yeah, I like it. Just you um, know, give, the, give the girth and get. All right. So what, what would be. Episode two starts with the Robin Hood versus Peter Pan fight. Is that how we're yes. doing it? Yeah. So we like lead it, up to it throughout the first one, and then it like episode one ends with him like in the prep chamber, and then the doors open. And yeah, then episode two starts with like he walks out with his bow and his sword. Yeah, and Peter Pan like flits out, and Robin Hood is just going. Yeah, nails him in the chest or something. Yeah, episode one. Episode one ends with somebody going up to him, probably the Grim Brothers, to to Robin Hood to be like, you know, you always fight on your first day. And he's like, whoa. And then that's when it cuts out to black. Episode two starts with the Peter Pan fight. I think that's cool. Um, so we have Peter Pan versus Robin Hood. Who would be an imposing force for Beowulf to fight that he would obviously demolish, but that you would think like, oh, this is going to be a pretty good fight, but it's not. Hmm. Well, we've already shown Conan fighting someone. <clears throat> it could be. Well, I think the Conan Beowulf fight could be like a, like a mid-season finale. Uh, just to show, like, oh, oh cool, there's the two guys, and then Beowulf oh. just slaughters him, also. Yeah, although yeah. I, I, I'm going, I'm going to put one out there that Conan should hold his ground for a little while, only because yeah. I'm a fan. Um, I know you are. I know. Um, we have yet to have a really good version ever since the Schwarzenegger ones. Let's see. Uh, Momoa is a very good Conan. So good Conan, whatever. that movie was not a good movie. That movie <laughs> is garbage. That is true. Um, what about Frankenstein? I was going to say Frankenstein, I think, is, is ideal because yeah. he's big, kind of mindless. And people think, like, oh, his power is going to – he's going to hang in there. Yeah, I like that. So Frankenstein's we're gonna, monster. We're gonna, that's Beowulf versus Frankenstein's monster? Yeah. And, and then – It's an opportunity to really, like, get some dismemberment in there. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, Beowulf <laughs> is going to just, like, take his arm off and beat him with it, like, jam it in his mouth and do some really stupid, weird stuff. Eat it. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just take a bite of it. Throw it like it's a grenade for no reason. Um, <laughs> and I like that people are even, like, scared of Frankenstein. Like, hey, we saw this guy fight yesterday. He's, oof. You got to watch yeah. out. Well, they warn him against dismembering him because it's like, hey, if you take that arm off, that arm is going to be another enemy you have to fight because it's – yeah. He's like, trust we see we Beowulf see. do it, and he just like cr he crushes it between his hands or something. He takes like an arm off and then snaps the arm's neck. <laughs> 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 okay, so uh, that that's episode two. I think that's cool. Um, episode three, uh, we're gonna. Who, who do you want to have in episode three? So now let's see. Uh, Frankenstein's dead. Uh, Peter Pan's done. Um, who now Popeye is also done. So presumably this is more than just the fights, and we need Robin Hood to have some sort of actual like storyline through it, right? Yeah, just needing to get home. So maybe um, he maybe like Robin Hood, it, like the underlying stories, he's like looking to drink, like he's looking for like beverages or something. Yeah. And then that's when he maybe stumbles upon Sherlock Holmes and he's like, Hey, do you know why we're here? Do you know what any of this is? Yeah, so maybe yeah. like him and Sherlock kind of do buddy cop stuff throughout this whole thing, they, they uh, because they're two their, fighters. That, they bond over their similar Britishness. Yeah, and their <laughs> uh, and their love for substances. Because isn't every iteration of Sherlock Holmes addicted to something? Cocaine mostly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's cocaine. Yeah. 
I thought it was like heroin or alcohol. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was heroin also. I thought it was heroin. Was it heroin? Yeah, I thought, for, I thought for some reason he would like opiates to like calm his brain down or something. It could have been anything. Either um, way, I, I maybe Robin Hood. In episode two, he meets Sherlock Holmes, and it's just like, this is a little strange, don't you think? There has to be something more to it. Yeah, um, and they and they can't find alcohol, but Sherlock Holmes has drugs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I figure episode two is when, after the fight, during the decompression for Robin Hood, the world kind of opens up for him. Yeah. He and Little John go out and explore a little bit. We we see some characters who are going to hang out. Oh, so Little John and Watson meet each other first, and they introduce oh, yeah. Robin Hood and Sherlock. Yeah, oh, that's, actually, that's, that's cute. Not bad. They, yeah. met, they meet in the stands. <laughs> uh, little John can kind of do a um, little John can kind of have a little talk about you know you got my guy here, you got to help me get my guy out of here, you know something like that. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Um, all right, so who? All right, so that that is the concurring storyline throughout the whole thing. We'll figure that out next. Sherlock Holmes and Robin Hood kind of, or Ro- Sherlock Holmes notices something weird is going on and is trying to get like a resistance going or something. And yeah. Robin Hood is not interested because he's like, I've seen how resistances go. Maybe maybe he lost Mirian to like maybe the sheriff got her or something, and so now yeah. that's why he's all like bitter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He could be like, um, he could be like Bizarro Superman. What's that? Superman three, where he becomes like the angry drunk. That's like the new Robin Hood. Like he's yeah. all shoddy, dark, drinks, miserable. You know. I like that. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, and it's right before like his wedding. So he's like, he's like, look, it's taking me this long to say yes to this woman. I got to get back and get this done. Yeah. Um, who who is fighting in episode three? Uh, you know, King Kong is in public domain. Oh God. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I definitely think Sherlock should fight in episode three. Yeah, we should show Sherlock beating someone up. Yeah, so Sh- Sherlock's got to fight. Um, uh, Godzilla, but yeah, you should Godzilla. Sherlock versus Godzilla. I don't think Sherlock could take that one in the background. There's um, a bigger Coliseum, and it's like, what's that one for? It's like, oh, that's for all the um, you know, the larger contestants, but the, the, you hear the, Godzilla's war off screen. The, the plus size fighting. <laughs> That's the uh, the heavyweight coliseum. All right, so Sherlock Holmes versus Sinbad, right? Or or uh, sure. or Zorro, Zorro or Sinbad? Oh, or um, yeah. Let's do yeah. Sinbad. Yeah. Okay, and so obviously Sherlock's going to win that one. Uh, so Sinbad's out. Uh, yeah. Who is the bigger fight of the second one? Power so Rangers. we're we're, we're going to say uh, Power, uh, Power, Power Rangers. He's got Power Rangers. <laughs> he put that as a comment. No, no. <laughs> oh, the Power Rangers. That's not public um, domain win. John Carter from John Carter of Mars. Oh, cool. All some, right. Somehow he's kept on the powers he got while he was on Mars. So like he, you know, he's got super strength. He can jump really far. All right. So John Carter versus Dracula. But then Beowulf is like, no, me. <laughs> Oh yeah. Um, Maybe they when they draw lots, um, they're like, "Yeah, Dracula," but it's daytime, so we're gonna have to, you know, wait for him. And then Beowulf steps forward and he goes, "I'll me, me, put me in, put me in, coach. I'm ready." And then they're like, "It's all the same to us. Like someone's got to have a bye." And if Dracula's schedule is being weird, he missed out. And then and Beowulf fights John Carter and just absolutely like literally rips him to pieces. Love that. That's perfect. Um, okay, so now we're at the mid-season finale. This is episode four. 
Uh, we're going to do some more work on the storyline, but we kind of got to get like the big fight thing. So I think that's probably Conan versus Beowulf. Yeah. Right? Um, it's it's nasty. Yeah. But also, is this the first time that we see somebody call down Gilgamesh, if that's like a thing they can do? Um, Beowulf beats Conan after a long fight, turns around and immediately challenges Gilgamesh to a fight. And then Gilgamesh accepts. He goes... Okay, and he's like, you know, he does that thing where he puts his foot on the barrier and then jumps down and just does a superhero landing. Yeah. And it is Gilgamesh versus Beowulf, and it's not a contest. Perfect. All right, and that's when everybody realizes, like, oh, man, Gilgamesh is, like, a big deal. He's, he's yeah. awesome. Yeah. He's awesome. That's cool. Okay, so we take a little bit of a break, and then we're going to pick back up in episode five. And episode five... We get we get a line from Gilgamesh where he's just like, "There's one every year" or something along the lines of like, "And this is, you know, I always accept one premature challenge as yeah. a warning to the rest of you to follow the order or something like that." There, he, he says, "You know, I'm here for glory, and there's no glory in destroying someone who acts outside of, you know, he gives his villain speech or something." Yeah. Uh, also in these tournament style movies especially when friendships are made there has to be a, some part and I think this happens in episode 5 of 8 where um, Robin Hood is up against Sherlock Holmes and then yeah. something happens and they can't they don't fight like somebody else gets in the way for some reason but I think that has to happen that's that tension builder um, so who, episode who, who would be involved in this who would be invited to this tournament that causes a whole bunch of like just trouble just a whole bunch of chaos i mean vlad vlad would that dude yeah. was for a while all he wanted to do was raise his numbers so yeah. he just wanted to kill people um yeah. but we could definitely have him um he so I think, fight somehow and it it becomes like yeah because so if, if vlad got pulled out of the last episode because of daytime, nighttime crap. Yeah. He'll come in and he goes, no, 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 I'm fighting this. I don't care which one of you two. I'm fighting one of you two. And or, which means... Yeah, or he challenges Gilgamesh again, and Gilgamesh is like, I've already fought out of sequence. We're not doing this again. And oh, then cool. his, you know, it becomes Dracula somehow got, like, his army in there, and it fights Gilgamesh's stuff. And so there's this, you know, the tournament is interrupted by an uprising of some sort, which has to cool. be quelled. Which has to be quelled before the... Um, before the fighting can continue. Okay. And he could also like Gilgamesh could also like kind of passively tell Vlad, like, look, here's two easy wins. Take your pick of which one of these guys you want. So it's in the back of your mind, like this SOB, thanks for lightweights. We'll show him how how it's oh, done. Yeah. Vlad, yeah. Vlad takes one of them apart, but the other guy still has in the back of his mind that they're being considered lightweights. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and that's when we get the uprising. So we only get one fight during that episode. Um, and I, I feel like eventually at some point, Gil, uh, Robin Hood and Sherlock have to do like a tag team match or duos or something. Yeah. Where it's <laughs> like due to the interruption, we've had to abbreviate the standard process. So now every fight is a two on two and it's Sherlock and Robin Hood versus like Tarzan and... Uh, maybe a Lovecraft character. Well, we still haven't used Zoro yet either. Oh yeah, yeah. Why not? Let's do Zoro. Oh man, that's 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 gonna Tarz be six. Tarzan and Zoro versus 
Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes Robin. and Robin Hood. Yeah. Cool. And, and it, it, they're all they're all in there and they're all a little hesitant to fight. And it's like, hey, you're a good fighter. Yeah, you too. Uh under different circumstances, we'd be in a better spot. And I feel like that should be when they kind of get one pull one over on Gilgamesh where they get out of it in a way where like Maybe they surrender and they do the uh, Maximus the Merciful thing from Gladiator where they refuse to kill their opponents. Well, then they'll become prisoners for eternity. Maybe the punishment is something else. Maybe they're used hmm. as like... Unless one of them has the totally brilliance to talk his way around this prison guard kind of creature and be like, look, yeah. this is what's in it for you if we get out of here because we have the key to get out of here, which they really don't, but they manipulate it that, you know. That's yeah. definitely a Sherlock move anyway. Yeah. Sure. All right, and so then, what they... So they, 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 they Zoro and Tarzan to like bring either bring Gilgamesh down or get everybody back to their time. Okay. So... Okay, so episode six is going to be, for some reason, because of what Vlad does in episode five, Gilgamesh is like, fine, let's just do two versus two. We got to get this stuff over with anyway, blah, blah, blah. And this is when Sherlock Holmes and Robin Hood forfeit and uh, because Sherlock has an idea. And they go to the prison, Sherlock, whatever, whatever, and he does the rope-a-dope and zigs when, obviously, they thought he zagged, and they get out of it. And then they're going to team up with those other two guys, Tarzan and Zorro, uh, I'm guessing in episode eight, that's when that kind of thing is going to pop out. So do you have something that we can throw into episode seven or which do one, we, which one did you say was episode eight? Episode eight is going to have to be the final battle. This is when like Gilgamesh thinks he's fighting the end. And then our heroes, like obviously thwart the plans for yeah. whatever reason. I'm, I'm seeing at, so six there in prison. And I feel like at the end, they might talk their way out of it and team up. And then seven should be them trying to get everybody together in like a concerted effort to return to how things are. You so this I mean? is, this is everyone kind of getting people together and be like, look, it's either we all fight him at once or half of we all die. Right. So yeah. Let's just, let's just yeah. go at him. Right. Is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> and, then, like and, then they, and then they convince King Kong to go. <laughs> they could. Or they, Godzilla, uh, they convince Godzilla to come help. They're um they're planning on just escaping, and then Gilgamesh knew about it, so like they all get captured, knocked out, and wake up in the tournament as like a free for all or something. Oh, like cool! That. Like a Royal Rumble, Battle Royale, and then yeah. um they have to. It's uh, Gilgamesh is like you know, you would you are invited to my tournament, and you try to overthrow it, but I am merciful. So um, the last remaining like three contestants will be sent back to their homes all the richer for it now slaughter each other for my entertainment (laughs) you know what i mean and then eventually of course some of them do but for the most part they're like no we're not gonna do this come fight us yourself and he goes well okay very well and he hops into the arena and we see him kind of like you know rain dance between the raindrops and kill everybody yeah. <laughs> you gotta have that big hero speech like in the middle of the free for all. Robin Hood you know, kind of comes to you like, look, we can die in that prison, we can die in this battle, or we could all get together and get the hell out of here. And then they all think flashbacks, build like the little wall, and just attack as a group. Yeah. Just go 300 style at them. That's cool. You gotta have that hero speech, of course. You gotta have that, oh, absolutely. that big moment. Yeah. <laughs> 
And it's, it's um, Robin Hood kind of recapturing the earlier Rob from the Rich give to the poor thing where he goes, you know, he, he does the whole like, Gilgamesh, he points up at the at the organizer box, he does that thing. Yeah. Maybe he shoots an arrow at him because, you know, and then Gilgamesh <laughs> just like, dunk, dinks it away from him in mid-flight, something like that. Yeah. And he's like, no, it's it's about community. We got to do this together. Because obviously Sherlock Holmes has been flying solo for so long because he's like the best of the best. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, so when Sherlock Holmes and Robin Hood get together and they start doing uh, like their their team thing, what, what are some underlying storylines they could be doing throughout the season uh, to kind of rabble rouse? So obviously they need to f- try to figure out what's going on, number one, right? Uh, they need to try to figure out a way out. They also need to try to figure out Gilgamesh's weaknesses, if there is any, because they're going to try to yeah. win, I guess. Um, yeah. Cool. So they're working on all that, and they kind of have their people getting together. And I would assume each person that kind of dies in these battles was the newest member of like <laughs> their squadron. So it's yeah. always looking like pretty abysmal for them. Yeah. Um, and then what would you say is the final thing? What are we looking at at the very end of this? So we see all of our heroes. We see a, a rousing Robin Hood tale. Uh, he's getting everybody back to, to, to rob from the rich and give to the poor. And what do we see? I feel like at this point, maybe Robin Hood had deposed the sheriff of Nottingham, maybe, and had been offered the spot. And he goes, I'm not going to become what I was fighting against. And then he realizes that he is like capable of leading people, actually. Because he loved the Merry Men, and I'm assuming... This, if this is going to be Dark Robin Hood, most of them are probably dead at this point. So yeah. it's probably Robin Hood kind of like coming into his own as sort of a leader. Again, yeah, after- what, what, how do they beat Gilgamesh? Okay. Um, well, let's see. What was it that Gilgamesh was questing for? It wasn't the fleece. That was one of the different Greek ones. <laughs> Maybe yeah, one was... of these, maybe one of these heroes has to take his life to make sure they beat him at the end. So they're going to lose one of these members, no matter what. I don't know a lot about Gilgamesh to know, like if he has like a weakness or if he uh, has a storyline <laughs> that well, can uh, be exploited. The original epic of Gilgamesh is that he becomes afraid of the idea of death, so he seeks, seeks immortality, and he. It's like a he finds a plant on the banks of the river that is going to give him more immortality, and when he's sleeping, it gets eaten by a snake, and then that's the snake sheds its skin and becomes young, and that's how they explain that as like a thing for immortality. So maybe he's got some sort of like Beauty and the Beast style plant under a glass case in his quarters that gives him immortality or something, and part of this is their heist to like destroy that so they can actually beat Gilgamesh or what Jeff said I mean if Gilgamesh is afraid of dying if mm-hmm. like some of our heroes are like look we'll just willingly sacrifice ourselves if this will go away and it comes I think like you're not scared of death you're one of the greatest warriors ever and they go no no, no it's about the people man like it's it's not the one it's the many yeah. and then Gilgamesh is like ah fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah talking, talking him out of it yeah, I guess so. Yeah, we'll go. We'll go the Wonder Woman route. We're like, it's not about a battle. It's about conversations and community. I'm sitting on the floor and just kind of muttering under your breath about the truth or something. Hey, um, if it works, buddy. I guess so. <laughs> well, we are we are kind of missing the angle of like Robin Hood's a thief. Yeah. What if he was trying to steal Gilgamesh's immortality, at a certain point he realizes that and he goes, 
well, I've got the skills. It's been a while, but I, I if I'm ever going to try it, now's the time. Okay, so then the 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 last quarter of this show becomes a heist Not, where Sherlock Holmes is helping Robin Hood. In between in between the fights, during All whatever right. downtime they have, Robin yeah. Hood and Sherlock could be trying to steal back Gilgamesh's immortality. Yeah, that's cool. All right, an immortality thief. That's a good title. It is immortality thief. It's a little better than. Better than laser flowers, yeah. Laser flowers. <laughs> it's a work in progress. Yeah, we all know. <laughs> it's all. I'm a perpetual work in progress. That's how. This, that's how. Oh, oh, that's my Dylan. He's so cute. Uh, okay, so the whole thing's sponsored by Great Gatsby. Uh, I think that's funny. Um, and G Gatsby, I guess, is the one who owns whatever is the thing that keeps Gilgamesh immortal. Uh, uh, he's probably like Gilgamesh's contractor, so, you know, like he's the, he's kind of making funds fund it. Yeah, so he's like the, he's like the Vince McMahon of this. So he's like yeah. forcing <laughs> Gilgamesh to put this on for some kind of ratings or another yeah. gold car or something. Um, kind of sneak that into it, Robin Hood. Like at the end, Gatsby says, "Well, you beat my best. You're now the champ. This tournament becomes yours." And Robin Hood pretty much grabs his big sack of gold and says. Once a thief, always a thief. Makes off the money. Yeah, and then Gatsby and like they, goes back to his quarters, and Robin Hood heisted him entirely. Yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. good. Yeah, he, goes, he already have his loot. And like, once a thief, always a thief. And yeah. Gatsby's like, "Where are you going?" He's like, "I'm going home." I got yeah. a <laughs> I got a sheriff to hood. Gatsby goes back to his like his like oak room with like mahogany books and he pours the open champagne from earlier and takes a sip but it's Robin Hood's urine instead of champagne. <laughs> you, go. you gotta have like a real like drastic. This is a classic zinger. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> okay Jeff, uh, thank you so much for hanging out man. We really appreciate it. This is awesome. This is uh, turned out to be actually a really cool story. Uh, I, watch it. I wish it was on like right now. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, me and Dylan are going to spend some time and try to write this out and see if yeah. we can sell it because that's what we're trying to do. Um, like before we before we kind of wrap up all this story, what we do? Do you want one last time give people who you are, where to find you, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Sounds great. We are the Yo Show. Uh, we are every Wednesday night at eight PM Eastern live on Facebook at the Stoop Radio Network. Uh, the Yo Show on YouTube and also the Yo Show on Twitch. We can find on Instagram at the Yo Show 215 and of course our website www.theyoshow215.com. Entertainment variety talk show with myself, Jeff the Shark Perini, and the most beautiful woman in all webcast podcasts, the lovely Miss Jewel Tady. So uh, come on by, check us out even for an episode. I think you'll get some good laughs and uh, have a great time with us. I, of course, thank you guys immensely for this brilliant opportunity this show was tremendous this was a lot of fun a lot of great laughs i love it uh make sure you check out these guys this show is excellent yeah right on man thank you very much and yeah we don't have a show on wednesday so please check out the yo show uh check out mr shark uh everywhere that he is uh dylan thank you so much for being my friend i appreciate you uh you really just keep me churning uh, and I, I like that. That's cool. Uh, everybody at home, thank you very much for watching another episode of Talking Upstream. In this one, Mr. Perini chose uh, not laser followers, thank goodness. 
He did choose the public <laughs> domain Street Fighter. And what Dylan and I, Mr. Perini, put together was an eight-episode, either Netflix-style anime, maybe an eight-episode comic book series. We're not really sure where Gilgamesh is taking on uh, the best of the best of all the public domain fighters because the Brothers Grimm is picking them out because they're punks. That's it. Brothers Grimm are always yeah. punks. In every iteration, they are punks. So... Thank you so much, International Broadcast Media Television. We appreciate you every single time, all the time. Sarah Tkachik, Scott Curtis, Listener App, uh, uh, Tanya Sheck, we don't care. Jeff Perini, The Yo Show, uh, his beautiful, better-looking partner. Check them out. Until next week, folks, we are some nobodies. I'm Zach, and that's Dylan. <laughs> right over uh, that way somewhere. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.